Blog Talk Radio. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the waters of rest. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio. The second day of February 2019, we're broadcasting today from North Central, West Virginia. Going to take up again today in Revelation chapter 17. This will be uh, part two. But before we do, let's ask God to bless his word. Precious Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord. Hiding ourselves behind your cross, knowing today, Father, that you're all, you are wisdom and you're truth. And Lord, every word that's written in this book is written by you and inspired by you. We ask you to bless it today. And Lord, you said it won't come back void. We'll do what you sent it to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 17. We left off around verse 11, but I want to give a little review and take maybe a little bit more time today. Um, to bring a little clarity to this particular book uh, or this particular chapter, this is uh, <clears throat> one of the dooms. They call this the, one of the dooms, seven dooms. And it's God once again judging. And this time he's judging the false church, the apostate church. Uh, I want to read verses 1 through 4, Revelation 17. There came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that set upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth had committed fornication, the inhabitants of the earth had made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. I saw a woman set on a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness. Verse 5, let's read it also. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Okay, this is God, as I said, God judging the apostate church, the church that preaches, which is even in existence now, that this church will go into the, um, the tribulation period, that they will not be raptured, they will be much involved with the Antichrist or the beast, and this apostate church is being judged. Now, this great harlot or this woman, she rides the beast, but we're going to find out that the beast later destroys the harlot because of jealousy and envy. See, Satan uses, he doesn't love. You know, we say God uses us. Well, God uses us, he uses us with love. Uh, the Bible says we are sons 
We call him Abba, which means daddy, that we are no longer servants, but heirs and joint heirs with who? Jesus Christ. But see, Satan is a user. Okay, this is, uh, once he's done with people, many said they have pledged their life to him, but uh, once he's done with them, uh, their doom or their future is not good, and he'll turn them, turn them over and turn his back on because he has a wicked heart. Because uh, he said in his heart that he'd rise above most holy God. Sin, the sin of pride, overtook Lucifer at that time, is now Satan. So, Satan's work, okay, is the culmination of, of what he has done since Noah's flood and will be uh, uh, taken care of or ended at, at, at the end of the age when the, the church is out of here. But yet this church, this apostate church, will go over into the tribulation period and become an instrument of the beast under the guise of what we talked about in Revelation 13, another beast likened to the first beast that comes out of, out of the sea or out, or out of the multitude of people. And this church will side up under the guides of the false prophet and will be the one world church who is completely false, completely. So the methods of Satan, okay, down through the years has always been Deception. That's admit that that's been his calling card, so to speak. That's what he has used, tried and true, down through the ages. Is he is a seducer? Jesus said in Matthew twenty-four, "Take heed that no man deceive you." That's the first warning he gave his apostles when they asked him, "When will the end of the age be?" And he's saying that deception, deception will be the strong tool by which Satan uses. So we see in this chapter Satan's method to subdue and subduce the kings of the earth. Now, can he rule entire nations? Yes. Read, read the book of Daniel, Prince of Grisha, that every great power at that time had a power and principality over it, territorial, so to speak, Paul said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, a structured entities which seek to control men and manipulate men to, to pull men away from the true and the living God, allowed to work under the guise of what we call the mystery of iniquity. That's why we need to choose every day whom we will serve. In this thing, there's no being neutral. You're either of God and you've accepted Jesus Christ, or you're off in some fantasy land, some fantasy religion, who offers some other way other than Jesus Christ, which the Bible declares to those who preach another Jesus, and from such turn away, from such get away from, and Paul says, let them be accursed. Because of the putrid words that come out of their mouth to speak against Jesus Christ, to lead men down a rose-collared path, so to speak, but yet leave the foundation and the doctrine of Jesus Christ by which men are saved. Only one name under heaven can a man be saved. And I mean mankind, and that's the name 
of Jesus Christ. There's only one that come and died on a cross and gave his life. Laid in the grave for three days, on the third day was resurrected, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So this is God purging. In order to purge the earth of all filthiness and unrighteousness, then he's got to get rid of the apostate church. The apostate church, Jude talked about it. We read that to you. Jesus warned about it. Peter talked about it. Paul said that many will give heed to seducing spirits and devils. See, the name over your door doesn't save you. The name on the church book doesn't save you. Your affiliation with some religious organization does not save you. There's only one way you can be saved, and that's to be born again Born from above through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know where it starts? With a broken and a contrite spirit. As the publican stood in the temple and beat his chest and said, I am a sinner. Lord, have mercy on me. While the Sadducee, the very religious one, or the Pharisee, was thanking God he wasn't like the publican standing there in his finery. Decked not only with his ornaments and his his religious garb, but decked with pride. Because pride always comes before, always comes before a fall. So, Revelation 17 deals with the mystery church or the cosmic church or the apostate church, which is in existence today. Isaiah 1, 9 had not been for a remnant. We'd all been in Sodom and Ben as Gomorrah. And chapter 18 deals with the political Babylon. So all false religions, bar none, have stemmed from the rebellion in the plains of Shinar under the direction of a man named Nimrod, who was the grandson of the great-grandson. He was the son of Cush, but the great-grandson of Noah. This was after the flood. Let us build a tower. Let us circumvent God. Let us go in our own direction. Let us commune with other spirits other than the spirit of God. Men have been doing that for ages. It's called the occult. Men seeking wisdom outside of the gods of God. False religion. So it says that the kings of the earth have committed fornication with this great whore, this false religion. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk or intoxicated, okay, or deceived or seduced with the wine or the words or the doctrine of her fornication. Now, this is, of course, I'm sure regular fornication is involved in all this, but this is definitely spiritual adultery or spiritual fornication where where people have left God. So in verse 3, it says, I was carried away and saw a woman sit upon a scarlet beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The beast uh, would indicate probably a nation, a nation controlled by the Antichrist. So Jesus spoke to the church of Thyatira about this spirit. Let's just read, read there. Revelation 2, verse 18 
Then to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, thy patience, thy works, lest, lest to be more than the first. Now, we see good works, and, and, and most likely good people in the midst of this church, but here's the problem. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest the woman Jezebel, which represents Mr. Babylon, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into bed with them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your own works. So we see Jesus addressing this particular entity or this false church. So we see this woman, this harlot, so to speak, riding the collar beast and the religious system siding in with the beast. Full of names of blasphemy, blaspheming God in seven heads. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet collar, not hard to see, decked, decked or gilded with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. We see, we see this church is going to be very, very rich, very well known, probably prominent people will be uh, part of it. So, verse 5, on her forehead was a name written, Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of all harlots and abominations of the earth. Okay, now what, what, was the, what, what was their mission? Persecution. Persecution. Persecution to persecute God's church. Verse 6, and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. This, this is going to be a sight, according to what John says. A sight that probably maybe a little fear, wonder how in the world do things ever get this bad? Who, who is this? What What's going on? But says here that this that this church, this apostate church, will do what? Will persecute the saints of God and actually have them killed in the name of religion. That's nothing new. People down through the ages have been killed even under the guise of Christianity. And we know today that people are being killed under the guise of some religion or the name of some religion. So, this points to the millions in the church age that since, since the church began, there's been martyrs. The first martyr was who? Stephen. And people are giving their life every day for the name of Jesus. Completely sold out. Not willing to deny the name of Jesus. Polycarp. Paul gave his head. Peter crucified upside down. Isaiah sold in half by a wicked king called who? Manasseh. 
Verse 7, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, that have the seven heads and the ten horns. Now, the many waters up here in verse 1, let's talk about that a minute. That's, that's the people of the earth. This, this is what it's all about, is God's creation, prize creation, I might add, made a little lower than the angels, that's human beings. And the battle for the souls. Now, now, Satan never will be equal to God. Never. Never. God is sovereign. But yet, because of God's justification, and because he's true and just, he gives men free moral choice. He gives them opportunities to choose what direction to go. I set before you life, and I set before you death, the Word of God says. He said, I would that you would choose life. So this is what's going on now as we're coming to the end of this age. Multitude upon multitude stand in the valley of decision, the Bible says. We're faced every day with the dilemma, I will call it that, or you could call it that, is who, who are you going to serve? Who sits on the throne of your heart? Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Do not become weary in well-doing. And this woman, this harlot, this apostate church has has was has martyred those that believed in Jesus Christ. Verse seven, the angel says, I'm gonna tell you who this is. Verse eight. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottom bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life. There's a key right there, whose names were not written in the book of life and the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Was, existed before, is not now, but is coming. Okay, this this could fit the Antichrist possibly being the one shot in the head, being revived, the Roman Empire which uh, many teach, and I believe the Bible points towards the, the revived Roman Empire being where the Antichrist and, and, uh, and, and these tribulation uh, powers will come out of, the revived Roman Empire indicated by the ten toes of the, uh, the tall image that Nebuchadnezzar saw and Daniel gave the the interpretation, which indicates all Gentiles down to the toes where the stone or the rock made without hands will come and crush, and, and, and all of these dispensations will fall by the wayside, and Jesus Christ will usher in another kingdom. Now, people differ, or commentaries differ on their, on their interpretation. It's a study. Study. But the bottom line is that God's a sovereign God. And there's either nations or a person or an entity or a power that was and is not and is yet to come. 
That will be the integral part of what's going on right now. Verse 9, And there is in the mind which hath wisdom the heaven, the seven heads are seven mountains on which the mountain setteth. Okay, many say this is Rome with, with, with their seven mountains. Okay, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen, one is, and the other is not. Yet to come, when he cometh, he must continue in a short space. This is the many leaders. I think I gave you the names the other day of, uh, well, of course, of course, all these men are dead. There, there, there was Julius Caesar, Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, Nero, Domitian, who was in charge at this particular time during the writing of this particular book, and then the Antichrist. Now, some of them died, some of them were murdered, some of them committed suicide. But this one that cometh at the end is the Antichrist. Verse 11. And the beast that was, and is not, he is the eighth, and is the, and is of the seven that goeth into perdition. Who's the eighth? The Antichrist. That's, that's who that is. Verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Okay, this... Once again, these are nations under the guidance and under the heavy influence of who? The Antichrist. The kings and nations will give unto this. They're going to think he's the Messiah. They're going to think that he is the, uh, uh, the, the one that's come to bring peace to the earth, which, which they're going to get a rude awakening at the midpoint of the tribulation period. Okay. Verse 14, verse 13, these have one mind and shall give their power, their attributes, or their strengths, or their support and strength unto the who? The beast. They will side in with the beast. Okay. Verse, verse, verse 14, these shall make war with the lamb. Who's the lamb? Jesus Christ, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he, that's a very important verse right here, if you don't get anything, get this, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called chosen and faithful. Hmm. So they're going to make war. I saw war in heaven, the, the, the word of God says. Now, in Psalms chapter 2, the great, the great con conspiracy chapter, where the kings of the earth, the entities and powers, conspire against God and his precious son. And it reads, beginning with verse 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh, conspire against the weight of God. Now this apostate church is completely, completely sold out to saints, sold out to the beast, and are conspiring, and do conspire against him, against Christ today, 
But the Bible says, He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have his desertion. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king, which is Jesus Christ, upon my holy hill. Okay? Now, the Antichrist is about done with this heart, with this woman. Because she's getting attention, and his goal is to receive worship. In Revelation 19, which is a which is a future chapter, verse 11 says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he did judge and make war. This is Jesus Christ. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. John 1. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, he shall rule with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness, wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Of course, this is showing the sovereignty of an Almighty God. He's going to cross every T and dot every I. And Jesus Christ is going to rule. Okay, verse verse 15. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore setteth our peoples and multitudes, and nations and tongues. Yeah, this could possibly be the ten nations of the revived Roman Empire. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast. The ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast. These shall hate the whore, the nations, see, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So this apostate church, the one that's given allegiance to to Satan and the nations that's with him, will turn on her and make her desolate, hate her, make her naked, and and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. This is radical. So what happens here in, in, in a nutshell is Antichrist is going to portray or betray his religious followers. Verse 17, for God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. Now, here we see, get this, get, get this verse here, the sovereignty of God. The men's plans are written in paper. They're in vaults and they're encrypted and they're all this and all that. And they're under secret codes and all signet rings, whatever you want to call it. But the plan of God will never be made null and void. And he even uses evil. He hasn't created evil, but he uses evil. There's no evil in him. But he uses evil to bring his plan to pass. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. There again. Because men do not retain God in their knowledge, then he allows their heart to be turned over to whatever. To whatever 
false spirit, false religion, seducing spirit, doctrines of devils, what's out there, if men do not receive Jesus Christ, then they are eligible, spiritually speaking, to be controlled by these other powers. So you've got to serve God. You've got to serve Jesus Christ. You've got to receive him. He's the one that seals us until the day of our redemption with the Holy Ghost. The, the Bible tells us and teachings tell us, do not open doors. Give no place to the devil. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil, and he will flee. But their hearts have been turned over. Remember in, in, in the book of what Exodus, where he said that the, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened totally against God? He never changed. Even after the Passover, after he uh, was shaking his head after the loss of, of all the firstborn. He never changed. So, God's plan always comes to pass. Psalm 75, 7 says, but God is the judge. He put it down one and set up, up another. Hmm. Proverbs 21 and 1, the, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Wow. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whatsoever he will. See, men think they're in charge. <laughs> they manipulate and power struggles going on and they... Sees this and sees that, but uh, at, at the end, God's in charge. When it comes down to this particular time, the sovereignty of God will stand out. And men will know that they are not in charge. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, verse 18, and we'll finish this up. And the woman which thou sawest is the great city, which reign over the kings of the earth. This refers to Babylon to be rebuilt. Remember, we're, we're talking here about the, the religious Babylon, mystery Babylon. But it'll become a religious center and also a commercial center, which God's going to deal with that in verse 18. Once again, we point back to Genesis 11, 1 through 9. It all began at Babylon. And it all will end there. And Babylon, of course, is a world system, religious and commercial. It's that which has circumvented from God. That which teaches another Jesus. That which points to other ways except the cross. Actually, in the church house, builds idols of money and gold. And he tells us not to have our faith in flesh and in blood or riches. The rich man was told, go sell all that you have and follow me. And he told Jesus of all his religious activities and what he'd done. Great, I fast. I do this. I come to the temple. But he says, go and sell all that you have. In other words, he exposed what God this young man really served. And he dropped his head and walked away. Psalmist David said, search me, O Lord. And whatever you find in me that's iniquity, get it out. Anything that stands before you in my heart, remove it and tear it down. These are strongholds in our life. Search out your own salvation. The Bible says we're trembling and with fear. 
of the activities of this chapter, we know that God is judging the apostate church, that there is an apostate church. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. doesn't matter about the name over the door. It matters about the name on your heart. Churches go about to establish their doctrines and their bylaws and their constitutions. Men do the best they can to rule and reign in God's church, but the Holy Ghost is in charge of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He purchased the church with his own blood. That's why the church, the true church, will be be completely, completely submitted to the Holy Ghost. But here we have a doom, and the false religion system will be destroyed. Those that this religious system serve will turn on her or the harlot and kill and destroy them. That's why our faith needs to be in Jesus Christ and him crucified. This system will, will persecute the real saints of God. Persecution these last days is not going to come from Joe's Bar and Grill. It's going to come from inside a religious false system that tries to set up another Jesus, another way, alternative ways. Try to drag Jesus in and include him in all the world's religion. You can't do that. He stands out. And this book teaches that. He's king. Let me, let, me, let me read to you again. Then shall this system make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of Lord and King of kings. And they that are with him are called the chosen and the faithful. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Just talk to him in plain English. That's the language you speak fluently. And ask him into your heart, into your life. Tell him you're sorry. Be broken and contrite before him. You're sorry. Ask him, my Lord, to be Lord of your life. Wow. It's the most important thing. What would a man give in exchange for his own soul? If you miss Jesus Christ, you miss it all. He's the master of the wind. He's the son of the living God. He's the kinsman redeemer. He says, I am that I am. Call on him today. You shall be saved. He was took stripes on his back that you might be healed. He was chastised for your peace of mind and bruised for your iniquities. He's complete today. He finished his work, yes. And he's coming back soon, the Bible declares. And the bottom line, are you ready? Are you ready? What's your station in life, spiritually speaking? Are you in the true church? Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Are you in the church that Jesus Christ rules and reigns over, and the word of God is our guide? And our power, we speak his word and none other. Well, you often some kind of isms is in some kind of a cult. Where they preach, oh, he's a good man, but he was a good teacher, but no, he's king of kings and Lord of Lords. And seek him while he may be found. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word, for your spirit, for your power, Lord. You've tried the best we can today, Lord. Lord, your word won't come back void. Touch hearts and minds today. You see every situation, every circumstance, God. We ask you, Lord, to bring miracles in people's lives. Heal those chronic illnesses, Lord. Set free from addiction. Save souls. Deliver. Sanctify and set free. 
May there be revival in this land. And let it start, of course, Lord, in your church. Stir up the gift of God. You said it's within us. Lord, help us to stir up the gift of God that's within us. And realize we're in desperate times and perilous times, and your word must go forth. Lord, you're going to anoint it, and it won't come back void. It'll do what you sent it to do. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.